everyone. We're back for another week of the other Everest. I am really looking forward to this conversation. This is the first time we have kind of dove into a mini series and um, I'm really enjoying these conversations. So uh, David and I are back at you here for another week and I thought before we got into uh, conditioning, which is the second part of uh, resiliency, I would just do a little uh, kind of a quick little recap for you here. So last week we talked about connecting and how important that was. And Dave, I actually had some thoughts about connecting <laughs> in the week in between. So let's just quickly hit that today too. Actually, let's just do it right now. So I actually thought after um, I edited the podcast and put it up that there's probably something to building our resiliency and connecting on the outside too. And I know we're going to get to community, but um, taking those steps to do that, I actually think helps keep you connected to the world around you um, and more engaged, right? Because um, you've talked about depression and you say, <laughs> if you become depressed about your depression, that's when it gets really bad and really hard, right? And I think when you get out there and you uh, connect with others, that helps you stay connected to life, to people, to vibrancy, and to all of those things and helps you build uh, resiliency in those relationships uh, and stuff too. But I know it's going to come in community. <laughs> it, it will, but Allie, you bring up a good point because being connected to yourself is not insulated from the world. And I think I'm evolving to a place where I think community and connection probably should come together because they're so intertwined and they're so interconnected because we live in such an interconnected world. So by connecting to yourself, I'm not suppose you know i'm not proposing here that you withdraw from all the news feeds and just withdraw into your own little world and connect with yourself i think it's important to get informed information about what's happening in the world certainly what's happening with covid get some trusted sources and then you're going to have a reaction about it and connect with yourself so you really have to be engaged in the world to initiate connection with yourself. Last week, we had the presidential inauguration, which was very powerful for me, as I begin to see some civility emerging out of our friends in the South. Well, I had an emotional reaction to that, in terms of gratitude, in terms of hope, in terms of um, connection with the world instead of having to feel like I had to disassociate from what was going on south of us, I started to feel connection. And then I heard that beautiful, beautiful poetry that was read by Amanda. So um, yeah, we have to be engaged in the world. And we'll talk much more about this with community. But it isn't, it's about measuring the kind of news that we watch, so that we don't get into the, the difference between getting into the drama of the world, which avoids connection, versus mm -hmm. getting into an informed understanding of the world that creates connection within us that we yeah. want to connect to. Is that what you're mm -hmm. referring to? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I, I, it's funny because so many times after I get off the podcast, I'm like, wait, 
I have a thought. I have a question. So it's, I think it's cool how it spurs thought in my mind and hopefully it spurs thought in our listeners' minds too, right? And it's something for them to kind of ponder over throughout the course of the week. So there, there's the four facets we're exploring. So there um, is connection, condition, community, and clarity. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to look a little more deeply at conditioning today. So um, do you want to start by describing uh, what conditioning means to you as far as it relates to resiliency, Dave? For sure. I can get us started there. So one of the premises we had last week is you're not going to be resilient if you're disconnected from yourself. And I think, you know, if I think of my parents who went through the warriors and the depression and, and they developed, there, there wasn't really a lot of emotional support for our military coming back from the war years. And that certainly has permeated. And I've done a lot of work with first responders and with our military and the trauma that they faced. Being resilient isn't just being tough and shutting your feelings off and, and, and being strong. That's not what we would call authentic or sustainable resilience. Resilience comes from that connecting, first of all, with ourselves. But when we get into conditioning, what I learned from my dad is uh, I, I, I survived polio when I was four and I, I got through it, but I was weak from that. It impacted my nervous system and impacted my muscles. And I never even knew that I had suffered polio. I didn't even know really what it was until my dad explained it to me when I was in high school. And he didn't want me to limit myself by creating a label that I'm a polio survivor. Instead, what he did is he took me down to the gym. Now, for those of you who have heard my story, my dad was the Canadian gymnastics champion back in the 40s. So in our basement, we had a little mini gym. We had parallel bars. We had a tumbling mat. I mean, we did exercises down there. And my dad taught me not to have the world weakened not have a weaker, not, not to have challenges that are weaker, but you get stronger. And he taught me the importance. He didn't use this word, but every day he would take me down and push me a little bit. And, and it, in the process of being pushed through the compassion that he had, it strengthened me every day. And so what conditioning is, is the notion of doing something every day that strengthens us as opposed to doing what's, what's humanly, our human tendency, which is to do what's comfortable and what's easy. This is about moving toward our difficulty and facing it with a little more courage today. It's about physical strength, but it's also about mentally strength, strengthening ourselves. It's also about spiritually strengthening ourselves. You talk about having a daily practice of meditation this is a strengthening activity where you strengthen your spirit, you strengthen your mind. Getting rest is a strengthening activity so that when we wake up in the morning, being more rested will help contribute to resiliency. Eating the right foods. There are certain foods, and we I don't have a prescription here for what kind of diet people should on, but what my only prescription would be to know yourself enough to say what foods 
strengthen you. And they aren't necessarily foods that necess- that we in- are inclined to want to eat. They're not yeah. foods that, as we say, all that shiny is not gold. Just because it tastes good doesn't mean that it's going to strengthen us. Just because it might feel good to binge watch Netflix, that's not a strengthening activity. And it and it's important to observe what choices, habits, routines do we have in our life today that are life-giving and strengthening and which are depleting that might, and I define a strengthening activity, whether it's getting downstairs and or in your apartment and doing push-ups every day, you may not, I define a strength or, or meditating every day. I define a strengthening exercise as something that we don't necessarily feel like doing, but we feel stronger after it's over. Hmm. What are your thoughts about strengthening and condition? I, I, I call it conditioning because I just happen to like C's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all good. Your favorite letter of the alphabet, maybe. <laughs> Um, I think there's a lot of talk out there about mental toughness. Um, and I thought we should explore that a little bit first. I have a couple of thoughts, but I think we should explore that a little bit because I actually think it's a great concept if you understand it, but if you take it the wrong way, it's actually not going to serve you well. So, um, it could be taken in this way that it's, it's mental toughness is, you know, it's armoring up, it's preparing yourself for all of the harshness that the world is going to uh, bring to you and make it so that none of that gets in, right? We like kind of create this, this, uh, I don't know, what would you call it? This house that we live in, right? Um, Mentally. And so we don't get affected. Um, And I think that that's part of it. But I also think that the bigger part of it is being able to know what we what we can change, what we can't change. (laughs) And having the wherewithal to say, I have to let that go. That's not mine. I can't hold on to that. And I think the need for the term mental toughness might have come out of holding on. And I I don't know if you would agree with me with that, but um, I think it's like, it's like the buzzword right now. And like the catchphrase. And I do think it's, like I said, I do think there's some really good people talking about it and some really uh, great movement behind it. But I do think in the hands of the wrong person and the misunderstanding, it could be totally taken the wrong way and out of context and not be anywhere near building resiliency in a human being. Have you, have you experienced that with mental toughness? Have you come across this a little bit uh, in people that you've talked to? This is what I was referring to earlier, Ali, about stoic toughness that our grandparents, and if you're as old as I am, your parents, that generation, and that same thing, it's like everything taken to an extreme can become destructive. So it's that sense of duty that my parents had around going to war and toughening up and doing what was right as opposed to what was easy. There's a sense of if we're not careful and dis- if we disconnect and build a wall around ourselves, it can become destructive. We'll mm-hmm. hurt somebody somewhere. If we, don't, if we don't process trauma, you can't just wall yourself around trauma and call that toughness. But what toughness is, is, is mental toughness in these words, in this context, is when we do something that's hard, 
on a day-to-day basis and feel better about ourselves because we did it. So I, I just read an article the other day that like the average North American has gained 20 pounds in the mm-hmm. last year since this pandemic. And I understand that because there's a natural human tendency to just come in at night when we're under stress, when we're confused, and that's just do what's easy. And just, you know, consume something that tastes good, that's going to soothe us. But self-care isn't necessarily comfortable. Self-care, and in this this context, mental strength is about saying, what's the right thing to do? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave my work today, or maybe I'm unemployed right now. And I'm going to, instead of just turning on Netflix and binge watch all day, I'm going to buy a journal and do some writing and face what's really going on inside of me. And I'll feel better about myself then than I would if I just sat and binge watched Netflix all day. Or mental toughness means I'm going to get into exercising and doing something and pushing through something, um, even though it doesn't mean that we have to be spectacular at it, but we, we do something that's hard. And if you do something, it doesn't have to be this hard. It can be this hard. It can be a little uncomfortable, but we move toward it because we know it's good for us, not just to be stoic and, and in denial about our emotions, but there's certain routines, having a routine in your day. And it could be as simple as making your bed to know that I I did something today that was hard so that when I go Mm -hmm. to sleep tonight, I've done something that I feel good about. It could be instead of the craving to watch extra TV at night and just blotto our minds, it's just say, you know what? I'm going to go to bed at a certain time and have some routine in my day so I can get enough rest to wake up tomorrow refreshed for a new day. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and this is why it's difficult to, to pick apart these pieces of resiliency, because we're going to get to our fourth point, which is clarity around a vision. And it's a lot easier to be mentally tough if you have a reason to be mentally tough, to say, hey, look, at I, you know, I'm getting stronger for a reason, or I'm going to be of service here. And so we, we do disciplines in our life because they're good for us. And you can tell you've developed mental toughness if you go into it having it be difficult and you come out of it feeling better about yourself. So I'm kind of (laughs) repeating myself. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. And I was also thinking, you know, like you're using this example of watching TV kind of all night and just laying on the couch. And I, I think that's an interesting example to highlight because um, the, the small choice towards mental toughness could actually be watching something that stimulates your brain. (laughs) If you can't quite get off the couch yet or whatever. Right. So um, sometimes we think it has to be, again, you said it doesn't have to be this big. It can be this big. And I think that that's really important to remember. And when we start to think that way, our um, <clears throat> our perception of what's possible changes. And I think that that's a really important thing. So it, it, like eating fast food, there's fast food programs on TV and on the internet, mm-hmm. watching cat videos. It's, it's junk food, right? And <laughs> It, do what am I on a mission to stop eating junk food? No, but just be aware that that's not a strengthening. It's not a conditioning exercise. It's doing something that's avoiding looking at the hard stuff. And we all mm-hmm. avoid. We're humans. Yeah, but it is different when you're sitting in front of a television just to turn on something that's gonna that you can veg with, which we all do. 
and have that in a, in a measured way. Or we can say, I'm going to turn on something that actually gets me to think, that stimulates yeah. my brain, that's a documentary that challenges my thinking so that we, I feel better if I do something that ordinarily would be easy, would ordinarily be a challenge, and I do it anyway, and just kind of push my or nudge myself through it. What, what have you watched lately that has challenged your thinking? Well, it's really interesting you would say that because we're talking in our uh, transitions class about all the emotions that come up with transitions. So we had homework to watch Inside Out. And that is a fascinating movie. And it, yeah. it's fascinating in the fact that it's, first of all, it's relaxing. It's a kid's movie, but it's mm -hmm. so beautifully written that shows the interaction between all of the different aspects of this young lady's life that's living in her brain and how they all work together in an, as an orchestra to help her move to in a transformational place. So in a way, it got me thinking rather than just uh, vegging in front, you know, just mindlessly watching something that's dramatic. It actually was life-giving for me to watch that. Yeah. I mean, I won't say that it necessarily challenged my thinking, and it, but it certainly got me reflecting on the whole yeah. notion of how these all these different parts of ourselves operate together. Anything come mm -hmm. to your mind around what you're watching these days? You know what? I this is interesting because I've actively been doing this without the actual intention in my head. So when I said it just now, I was like, I've actually been doing this. I've been trying not to watch garbage. If I'm going to watch TV, and I've watched more TV in the last year since COVID than I probably watched in the last 20 years of my life because we're home more like we're restaurant people we were out all the time we were with people it, like that was our life right and so now we watch a, a little more tv it's nothing crazy but so I think about that and so you know what I watched recently was um my next guest the Letterman series on Netflix oh man it was incredible incredible guests incredible conversations um, moving, inspiring, the things some of these people had done with their lives. You know, when President Obama was on there, it was, yeah, I was like, I was literally in tears. <laughs> I was moved by um, the way that he spoke about equality and his journey to become where he is. And, you know, and then there was, you know, just so many people, so many people, incredible lives, Jay-Z. Anyway, so if you haven't seen it, I would definitely suggest watching it. It's very inspiring. Um, but yeah, the, the thing is, is there's lots of that out there now too, right? So we need to kind of get the juices flowing. I used to always say with the GMs at the, in original Joe's that it, we need to prime the pump sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we got to get that like cantilever going a little bit to get us inspired and get us going. And I think that that's a good thing too. I'm going to shift though, because I was thinking when you were talking about all of the kind of conditioning before, one thing that kept popping into my head as you were saying that was heart conditioning. And I would take that just a, a time, I would take that, not a tiny bit, I'd probably pivot that a little bit in my mind. So we can think of heart conditioning as exercise and, but when I talk about heart conditioning, I'm talking about conditioning our hearts to see the common humanity that exists between all of us, to see that we are all inextricably connected. 
we're all, <laughs> what did Rumi say? We're all walking each other home. <laughs> we're all on our own path for sure. But there's no denying that when we open our hearts to that, the world is so much more of a beautiful place. And I believe if we live that way, <laughs> and I know it's the human condition, our hearts open and close and open and close and that's okay. But when our hearts are open, resiliency, I'm not even sure that it's really a thought, right? Life is, life is just, it's beautiful and it's flowing. And, um, you know, if something happens that closes your heart for, for a bit, you work through it and reopen it. But um, yeah, this heart conditioning process has been something I've been working on for a really long time. And uh, yeah, there are times when I get slapped in the face and it's hard, right? And I'm like, I don't want to go back out there. And my heart's like stitching it up. It's like, let's just stay here because nobody can hurt us here. But that's actually, um, I think, and this might be my own opinion, but I think I'm, I'm missing the experience of life when I do that. This is so beautiful. And just like that, we're not on a mission here to have you not relax at night and, and veg out a little bit on TV, especially if you've been conditioning all day uh, you, you know, just need to rest. Some people need to get on the couch and some people need to get off the couch. Um, but this notion of conditioning your heart, do you have a discipline or a habit or a routine or just a suggested action for opening the heart? I mean, if you want to condition your heart physically, you go for a walk on a regular mm -hmm. basis. How do you condition your heart spiritually or mentally? Mm -hmm. emotionally. Yeah, I would say that's definitely been a journey for me. Um, I mean, you know, I meditate every day. So I'm like, I don't know, 240 days right now, without taking a single day off. Like I, I think if I missed it, I would feel like the world got flipped upside down right now. And so I just don't think I'm ever going to miss it again. So that has actually lost its potency for me. So in the start, meditating was incredible. It was opening up all of these things for me. And while it's still there, it's just kind of like created this like channel that allows me to center every day. And it's really, really good. But now I become aware when I'm guarded. So like, I'll give you an example. I go into a conversation uh, with one of the leaders <laughs> And he tells me that he's not super happy with the way that I said something. I'm okay with that feedback, but for some reason in that moment, my guard goes up and I'm like, something in the back of my head's like, you don't want to hear this, Allie. <laughs> this is garbage, whatever. But somehow I think probably through the meditation, I've learned to trigger into when that guard goes up and it goes up in all sorts of ways. Um, and when I do, I explore it. So I'll sit down and I'll be like, okay, what was that about? I might even explore it with that person. <laughs> if they're safe, I might even say, I'm, I'm like feeling a little bit, you know, <laughs> about this. Can we talk about it a little bit? I'm not sure why. And that opens up space for other people to talk about it with me too. But um, yeah, just finding that space within myself to say, okay, if I... And I'm just going to use this. <laughs> if I'm backed up like a cat and hunched up and, and hissing, I'm not authentic. I'm not who I want to be. I'm not going to say things that 
are going to make me happy or proud to be who I am. I'm going to say things that are going to embarrass me and, you know, make me ashamed at the end of the day. And so I'm aware that that's like the trigger. So I try to work through it. Sometimes it takes time. Lots of times it takes time. <laughs> I'll say things I'm embarrassed of for sure. <laughs> and then have to circle back. But circling back is part of the heart conditioning too. Yeah. That's beautiful. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And this is what you obviously teach in your meditation courses. Uh, but it, But it's really being attentive. It's slowing down and noticing when we close our heart. When our heart, when our cells, it's, and it's a biological response, I think, when our cells go into a protective stance and we go into a fight or flight or freeze response, that parasympathetic response uh, where we build up a wall, or I guess that's a sympathetic response, right? Where we build up a wall, we get into a stress response and we protect ourselves versus when we can notice, hey, do I need to be in this protective response right now? Or can I be vulnerable and open for feedback? And that mm-hmm. open, that awareness is what opens your heart. Yeah. Some of the sciences that have is we have a giant nerve that runs all the way down. It's called the vagus nerve. And it runs all the way from our spinal cord all the way down to the back of our spine. And basically is like the integral. You could almost think about it as a crazy space station, <laughs> right? And everything is firing in and out of there, but it's directly connected to your brain is directly connected to your heart and it's directly connected to like the core of your body. So anything that happens anywhere in your body that is either good or bad affects your vagus nerve, which then affects your entire body. And when you learn to work with that, um, you can then become aware when you get into those heightened fight, flight, or freeze states and you can come out of them a little faster. It's always gonna happen, it's primal response but you can work to start to know, to feel, to understand, to even just say I'm a little bit off today and accept that, which might stop you from saying something you'll regret later or doing something you'll regret or thinking it through. Being compassionately honest with ourselves and with the people around us is actually a heart opening exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. Think about the times when you have had a conversation with somebody and you knew there was something on your heart that you wanted to share with them, whether good or bad, but you didn't. How did you feel when you got off of that phone call? Or how did you feel when you left that room? And we always talk about the, we could die tomorrow. Think about how crappy that would be (laughs) too. Like it's, it's this process of learning to live a little more free and a little more open and a little more kind. Yeah. Beautiful. (laughs) Always great to have conversations with you. Yeah. I sure hope our listeners get as much out of this as I do. (laughs) I hope so too. (laughs) Anyway, it's great. It's great for us. We get to have amazing conversations and we'll keep doing it. I love it. I'll see you next week. Thanks, Allie. We'll see you next week.